White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap post game show. It's Johnny Nani, joined today by Sox Insane. Besnick, hell of a game today. Um, a little bit unconventional, but White Sox come out, series opener, get a win up in Minnesota. How's that make you feel? That's a great start to the series. Um, I didn't like all the baseball I saw on the field today, but for the most part, these guys came around and uh, got the job done, overcame some uh, a rough day by the infield to get a win. It's always great to beat the Minnesota Twins up in Minnesota. Right. And I think something that you had tweeted out really shortly after the game was something that really sticks with me. And that was the White Sox. It's not a common occurrence, but they did enough to overcome their own mistakes. And that's a refreshing sight for me to see. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, even, even the good teams are going to have their bad games. But what separates good and great teams is exactly that, that they're never out of the game. They've always got a chance because they can overcome, uh, you know, an error by a shortstop or uh, a third baseman who, um, you know, doesn't throw to the right base. Whatever that error is, these guys uh, pick up their teammates and, you know, help them out and come back with a win. Right. Yeah. So that's a good sign, especially after kind of seeing uh, a one sided game yesterday in terms of uh, everything else kind of clicked except for the offense. So they're able to get some timely hitting today. We'll get into all of that. Uh, listeners, make sure you go subscribe on tap sports and on YouTube. Jump in the comments here. Yeah. Just like our boy Sockside and Mike says, crack them. Always fuck the twins. We love seeing all of that stuff. Get in those YouTube comments. It's on tap sports on YouTube. Give us a follow on social media at socks on tap and at on tap sports net all right let's dive into this game it was dylan cease day for the white Sox. a little bit of an odd line that he finishes with here besnick it's five innings three hits three runs allowed but only one of them earned two walks and six strikeouts how is he able to navigate around the defense that was subpar behind him i mean he was able to just make big pitches when he needed to you know he didn't have a ton of strikeouts like we've seen in the past but he got off to a really hard fast start he retired the first five batters he faced he struck out the side in the first uh, and then he started getting into a little trouble when his defense betrayed him and you know this this game isn't on cease his start got cut short because you're making errors in the field and sending more batters to the plate so you can't expect as good as he is you can't expect him to go out there every single day and be perfect his teammates are going to have to come through and pick him up a little bit his uh his defense didn't but they um you know, he was able to to hold it down and pass it off to the bullpen who did a great job. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, you're talking about with CC had to go uh, 99 pitches uh, through those five innings. So obviously you'd like as a trend, you'd like to see White Sox starters be able to ride a little bit deeper into games. But man, what he's able to do with, with his devastating stuff, and even when it's not completely on, it's still pretty damn unhittable. Um, is kind of my takeaway whenever I watch him pitch. Always so impressive, and he has grown into a bona fide ace. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of these issues here uh, in the field, though, behind him that plagued him, Besnick. And we we had multiple, I, this, our guy Tony likes to call it, Little League bullshit, multiple occurrences. You got run scoring on Alberto's error in the third. You've got the sloppy failed double play in the fourth that opens the door for Twins to strike back after the Sox had taken the lead. Uh, you've got Gavin Sheets going Buckner down the line there. Um, what, what was going on? What was up with the infielders? I know a few backups in there, but man, that's a tough showing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a day like today where you really miss Yoan Mancata's glove because what he gives you at the plate is you kind of get what you get if you get anything at all. 
but you always know that he's a stalwart out there at third. So you kind of missed him out there because, uh, you know, he probably makes those plays. But Elvis Andrews giving, you know, his error, the ball that he booted led to the first run there when you let Nick Gordon get on base. It's just a, a hit or a, a walk and a hit, and that guy's going to score if he doesn't even already steal a base. So you can't let guys like that get on the base paths. And uh, and that led to that first run. And then you've got the botched double play. I, I don't I don't know what these guys were thinking or, or what was going on in that play. Right, because in that situation, right, runners on first and second, Hanser could have stepped on the bag to start initiating that to get that lead runner on the force out, and then you still have the force behind him at second base. Instead, he goes, I guess maybe the ball pulling him a little bit towards second base might have been the initiator of that. So he throws there, but on the throw back from Andrews, it was to Alberto, but Tim's kind of caught over there because he doesn't know if he should go behind. And then this leads to, as Jordan Miller says in the comments, Matt Walner, reckless base running, if we're going to take the Pirates. Uh, mentality here and he bangs into Tim Anderson who eventually had to lead the game here but that was just a mess of a situation and it's like I feel like it's just like an early season brain fart I want to believe that but with Pedro Grafola how much he's been hammering home about you know the the details matter and the fundamentals and all that I'd like to see this stuff cleaned up sooner rather than later right I agree um the the one thing I'll say is the defense has been pretty solid right up until this point we haven't really had any major issues. You're going to have your gaffes here and there. And, hell, you're going to have games like this too. But for the most part, I wasn't really too concerned going into this game about the defense. You know, I was even I was thinking earlier today about the fact that, you know, defense has been one of the positives so far for this team. We've seen Luis Robert make incredible plays, Luis, or Oscar Colas. It's made a difference, but today they just didn't have it. Right. It's funny how it, I feel like it, things just can get kind of just snowball. All, all it takes is one booted ball for it to kind of go out of control. And we saw, you know, you talked about defense being for the most part good. And I would agree with that. But Friday too, you, you saw a few things get out of whack with walks and whatnot. And then you got throws coming in all over the place. Guys missed the ball uh, and we're getting literally grand slams out there. So I think limiting right. those, if you can stop, you know, if you say you have a gap, it's going to happen. You're going to boot a ball every once in a while. If everyone can just lock in around, I think that's got to be a point of emphasis uh, for the rest of them. Cause I feel like that's happened in the past too. I mean, shit, we can think back to that. Um, doubleheader in Cleveland last year when I know there were multiple things going wrong there, but Tim Anderson just had himself a rough day and it led to sloppy play all over the field. So uh, reeling that in, I think is important here uh, when we're talking about White Sox, but let's talk positives here because it wasn't all bad. They, they still won the baseball game here. They win four, three, and they do that with um, some, you know, a bounce back performance from Hanser Alberto after he boots that ball that leads to the Minnesota run. He goes from goat to hero by hitting a three run shot. Um, and that was after Yaz had doubled in a run too. But Hanser Alberto with the three run shot uh, in was that in the fourth inning there? That was huge. That was huge. And the one of my one of my favorite baseball quotes is from Earl Weaver, and he said, "Winning games comes down to nobody wants to hear it because it's boring, but winning comes down to fundamentals, good pitching, and three run homer." We didn't have the fundamentals yeah. today, but we had we got the three run homer and we got the pitching that was good enough. So we got two out of the three and that worked out. Um, but yeah, I mean he's responsible for three of our runs and two of theirs. Um, so <laughs> all, all things considered, it was uh, it was a positive out of uh, Hanser there in his second start this year. So, right. 
Yeah, I, I like seeing that because this is a guy that um, you, you know, thought maybe I think uh, some of the kind of uh, aura around him right from spring training and stuff is, OK, well, he he ripped up the cactus league. Can this carry over? Is this legit or is this just a bench piece? And he, he showed today that he can step up in a big situation. So, so that was big. And man, you talk about the three run home run. I know that some people would like the White Sox to start hitting for a little more power. I think they've done it in some spurts, right? You had a multi-home yeah. run game down in Houston. Um, they've done it where, you know, over stretches of a couple of days where they string together some home runs. But they've been hitting doubles here. But hitting the three-run home run, like you said, it matters a lot. But getting guys on base, I you know, even though they lost that game Friday, I like that they got guys on base before they hit home runs. And it just it becomes such a momentum shifter in a game um because you saw kenta maeda doing all his tennis grunting out there he wasn't too <laughs> pleased he wasn't too pleased after Hans no. Alberto took him deep into those bleachers in left field no not that was that was pretty much the day for him i mean he was fine overall uh and then that one mistake the slider that he hung right down the middle he heard it and it's always great to see white Sox hitters taking advantage or as you like to say being opportunistic when you get a hanging breaking ball right down the middle nothing drives me nuts more than when a guy swings through it or fouls it off but this time alberto got it and he heard it and to your point about letting things snowball what we saw exactly in that double header was a bunch of errors by ta and it led to a 10 run inning we lost that game 10 to 1 dallas keichel pitched i i remember that one vividly and this time they didn't let it snowball they didn't let these errors you know, take over the game and, you know, let it get out of reach. They, uh, they held it down. So right. that, was, that was nice to see for once. Indeed. And one, one more note while we're on the offense here really quick, I think we're going to have to start asking the question is Yaz hashtag redacted. And we all know that's the B word that we're talking about, but man, taking advantage of the new rules that are, you know, getting some balls through that would not be hits last year uh, on the, you know, extremely overcorrected shift that he was presented with at multiple times. But even then he's drilling a ball to the gap for a double to bring in runs. And this is consistent. He's been doing it all season so far. I like what I see. Same. Uh, he was my pick to click. I think that counts as yeah, a win won. for the pick to click. Yeah. Cause no one had Hanser. So I think you win that. I, I think, I think buzz might've had Hanser. Ooh, actually. did he? Yeah, um, okay. but yeah, he might, that. so he might've taken the dub on that one, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and one thing I want to say about Yaz before I forget it is there was a big play in the bottom of the ninth when Raylo was out there and he called time right before Rayla was about to get a ball, a pitch clock violation and get a ball called against him. And he would have fallen behind in the count. Instead, he shuts the fucking door, but that was key for Yaz to do something like that. We, uh, we know he brings that to the table, that baseball IQ and the things he can do behind the dish. But when he's also hitting, it's just a massive plus uh, having this guy, um, it, you know, seeing a resurgence from him will be, We'll take this team a long way, I think. Um, yeah. He's just an important cog in that ship, being a left-handed bat and getting on base. Right, 100%. And I really like that you brought up that uh, instance because you're right. Um, you've got Raylo, who would have gone down uh, in that count. And you know what? I, I love the awareness, too, because you have mound visits remaining. You still have a disengagement. You're not going to get, you know, you could still call time there. And he, you know, it seems like a simple thing on the surface, but like you said, say he doesn't do that. We're a little lackadaisical. We're missing the, those sort of beats there. Then you never know how, how the next sequence of pitches can play out when you're starting right. 
behind instead of ahead uh, in a counter. Hey, just even just have an opportunity to clear yourself because, you know, Raylo clearly wasn't ready to throw that pitch there. So a great job by Yaz in, in the heads-up department there, too, along with swinging the stick, a couple uh, knocks for him today, obviously the RBI, uh, to get us going uh, with, with our first run on the board. So um, after that, another positive for today. Bullpen locks it down. You Hey, you, you rightfully brought this up. And you said, what are the odds of the White Sox holding this, uh, you know, one-run lead from the six on? And I would say not good, but they got it done. They got it done. Uh, my guy, Jimmy Lambert, Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, Raylo. That was one hit ball for four innings. They didn't have a walk. That was it. I mean, they really shut the door on the Twins. And, uh, you know, they got the defense behind them to back it up. They finally sorted it out. And, you know, the rest of the game, they played pretty cleanly. So that was that was, uh, that was was big. Um, and this is their second straight outing um, in the in the Kopech game. Obviously, we lost one nothing, and Kopech only gave up the only run. Bullpen had a clean game in that game. So, you know, seeing the bullpen come through like that um, gets me pretty excited. I mean, that is something that is supposed to have been the strength of this team for many years. And when you see it actually producing consistent results, that to me is a reason to get excited about a win like this. 100%. Um, I, I, you know, w- with those guys, Jimmy Lambert just does his job. I, I like that, that, you know, that's the shtick, the uh, kind of what we've been pumping out and he just does it. The, the Lambo gets it done, man. He might have a few walks every once in a while, but shit um, overall today, you know, one scoreless inning for him, two K's um, Kendall Graveman uh, doing his job to bridge the gap there. And then, Hey, Aaron Bummer, you know, we, we talk about the kind of sort of, uh, Let's see, it kind of puts us on pins and needles. I think that's a good term for it. But the stuff is devastating. He's got that wipeout slider. And unfortunately, when the command's not there, you see guys are getting on via walks or hit by pitch today. But you have a guy that comes in and picks him up. And that was huge because Ronaldo Lopez, your baby boy, has a ball sack made of steel, Basnick. <laughs> he, he gets it from his dad. So, I mean, he he just, like I said earlier, he just came in and slammed the fucking door on those Minnesota bastards. It was great to see him uh, get pumped up. He got the strikeout to end the eighth, strand a runner, the only runner that got on base yeah. during the bullpen's four scoreless innings. Then he comes out, strikes out two of three in the ninth, and he's, he's throwing 100-mile-per-hour fastballs up there. Um, you love to see this. Hopefully this is a confidence builder for him that he can take uh, going forward. Cause I mean, let's, let's, let's remember that was his second career save today. He's got two saves in his career. So um, you love it. Uh, you love it. It's uh, it's growth. It's very positive for, uh, for someone to pick up the, uh, the slack for, for Liam. Indeed. Yeah. It's huge. And you, know, you talk about, we talk about picking each other up within the game and what the White Sox need to do to play as a team and be foundationally strong. Well, you got to remember guys that aren't even there. And I think that's a good point bringing up Liam because all of this crew together being a little overworked right now, despite that they are banding together, to help pick up Liam Hendricks, which hopefully, you know, we're hoping to get him back hope in May, possibly June looks a little bit more realistic. I'd say, but Hey, um, th- that's big from a team morale standpoint, I think. And then just w- w- last thing on Raylo, man, you'd said the gas throwing a hundred there to close. I love being able to say gas. He gone. That's yes. a Sox winner, baby. That is Absolutely. a great sequence of events as a White Sox fan. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, and like Hawk always says, you know, good pitching, good hitting, it's good fielding, it's contagious. 
you know, like you said, it snowballs and now a couple other guys are making errors, but um, the bullpen's pitching well, and hopefully these guys are feeding off each other. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that about wraps it up. That was a story of today's game. Once again, White Sox win four to three first meeting of the year, first meeting of this three game series with the Minnesota Twins. They'll be right back at it tomorrow. Finally, a normal start time. I know Steve kind of uh, bandied about the idiocy of today's matinee start time for whatever reason, even though it was the home opener. Fairly normal start time, 6.40 Central uh, for Tuesday's matchup. It'll feature Lance Lynn on the hill for our Sox and Pablo Lopez, who has been hot to start the year on the mound for the Twins. Uh, what are we expecting from this matchup, Esme? Well, Lopez has been really good. He's got an ERA under one right now, 0.73, in fact. He has faced some weaker lineups against the Marlins and against the Royals. So, you know, maybe if we come out, We'll see what TA's status is, what his health is. Hopefully he can be in the lineup. Hopefully Moncada can be in the lineup um, and put something a little more formidable out there than what he's been used to facing. And then we've got our guy, the big bastard, rough outing last time around uh, against the Giants. But I, uh, I have faith and trust in this guy um, as much as anybody outside of Dylan Cease. So um, I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, what I'm thinking is going to be another close game. Um, based on, uh, you know, what we saw today and who may or may not be in the lineup. So I'm ready. Hopefully this can build some momentum from the win today. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, those question marks that you had just brought up there in a second. I think that's a good rundown of Tuesday's matchup here. So before we jump into the kind of injury report at the end here, um, let's get picks to click in for this Tuesday matchup. Who, who are you riding with? All right, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go with Luis Robert. Hopefully Steve can uh, roll some R's wherever he is around this podcast. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a, a struggle today at the plate hit list, I believe. Uh, so hopefully he can turn it around after his day off. Maybe he needed to knock some of the rust off. So I'm going to go with Luis Robert Jr. Yeah, right. It's kind of tough to pick around with some of those top guys there, um, possibly out. So I'll be safe, and I'm going to go with a guy that I believe should be in. Uh, he had gotten an off day not uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Andrew Benintendi. It's been a while since I picked him. Uh, you got the lefty on the righty matchup there. So um, I'll go with Benny. Hey, uh, start living up to that contract, right? Um, <laughs> that's what I want to see. A yes, little bit, little bit of pop, a little less ground ball. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Same. Same. 100%. Yeah. All right, uh, we got we got to get to it. Unfortunately, White Sox have a little bit of an injury report building here, and uh, let's start with at the top with Joe Kelly and possibly the most White Sox injury. Once again, I know he's been on the shelf multiple times, but he did this groin strain while running out during that you know benches clearing brawl that obviously didn't really escalate to much, but that happened on Sunday, so he's on the IL retroactive. There, you had a little rundown there because you you wrote about it over at ontapsportsnet.com. Like, yeah, just give us the rundown of Joe Kelly's injury history, really quick. So Rick Hahn signs him to a two year deal with a three year option. He's making nine million a year. He comes to the team coming off of a nerve issue with his shoulder. And you knew he wasn't going to be ready to start the year. Oh, on top of that, there was a clause in his contract, actually not a clause, a handshake agreement that he could not pitch on back-to-back days until July last year. And even before he got to July in May, he had to go on the IL with a bicep strain. He's left a game because of lightheadedness. He's left a game because he's tweaked a groin. Now he, or I'm sorry, a hamstring. Now he's doing the same thing again with the groin. And this time it wasn't even a baseball injury. He's just running onto the field for 
you know, everybody's supposed to do it. Pedro Grifol had a quote about it saying everybody should run on the field. He's like, it's, it's, it looks, it's a lot worse from a team perspective if there are guys that don't run out there. So Joe, you know, next time you run on the field, maybe take it easy. I don't know what happened there, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's IL stand after IL stand with this guy. Uh, Hopefully this wasn't a long one. I don't know because this, this is looking like this is really bad. Yeah, so so then uh, in that corresponding, you got to go with uh, Kenyon Middleton, uh, excuse me, Keenan Middleton, um, for recalled from AAA Charlotte, uh, Jonathan Stever outright there. Uh, if you want the full rundown of that, uh, go check out Besnick's post over at ontapsportsnet.com. Um, a couple more. Uh, we'll go quick on Yohan Moncada. It's day to day. Unfortunately, I think the language felt like you. It felt like the precursor, the 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 dark cloud before a potential IL stint, but we don't know for sure on that. It's day-to-day as things currently stand right now, and it was back soreness that did nag him a little bit during spring training. That was Griffol's thing, and he said, we're going to take it day-to-day right now, and the goal is to obviously nip it in the bud before it becomes a longer issue. That's, unfortunately, we've had to hear about that with you on Mankata multiple times, but um, the, the last one we got to get to is Tim Anderson, and Bessick, I think we I think we, we got to go back to this. Matt Walner, reckless base running, runs into Tim Anderson. If we're going Pirates logic here, it's all Matt Walner's fault. He deserves to be called names and stuff like that. Well, guess what? He brushed up against Tim Anderson during that weird not double play that was botched by the White Sox. Uh, Tim stayed in the game, but then the knee stiffened up on him, so he's being further evaluated and treated for left knee soreness. We'll see what the extent of that is, but just thoughts on this because you know we didn't have to read really think about it, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, just just like you said with Mankata, you just you know there's this dark cloud hanging over there. Like, is this going to be an IL stint? And you know, TA for as much as we love him, is a tone setter. You know, he, he usually misses 30, 40 games a year, even uh, even in a healthy year. Last year, obviously, he missed half the season. So you hope this isn't the first IL stint because, you know, you've already got Eloy out and Moncada's questionable. So uh, it's an unfortunate play. Uh, it's what happens when you play bad defense. Sometimes, unfortunately, you end up in those weird positions. Uh, hopefully he's back. Hopefully this isn't too long. That's all. Um that's all. I, I I have just a little bit more hope there in the fact that he stayed in. And I know that they said it stiffened back up on him again. But if it was really that bad at first, even if it was like, a, you know, a stinger, a knee bruise, something like that, I've seen, you know, I feel like he would have come out right away. And if it was really, really going to be that serious. So honestly, I'm more worried about monitoring Mancata's day to day status here because we all know that can turn into like I said, possibly an IL stint, or it's a, they didn't put him on, but they might as well have when we come yeah. to look at it in 10 days. And if he's missed the significant amount of time, we, we've seen that before, not just with him, with multiple other guys, but that's where we stand on the White Sox injury report. So unfortunately uh, I got to talk about that stuff too, but end of the day, White Sox win today, four to three, they, they're back one game under 500. It can win a season, excuse me, win a uh, series against a divisional opponent, secure their first series win of the season, on Tuesday, I'm looking forward to it. We've got our picks to click in here. So make sure you uh, follow us on Socks on Tap on Twitter. Dr- drop yours in uh, when we post ours before the game as well. We'd love to hear um, whoever runs riding with. So, Besnick, one, give me one final thought for today's show, and let's wrap it up and get the hell out of here. Build on the momentum of this win. I want to hopefully see that this is some type of foundational win for this team to start gelling and playing together. These guys are picking each other up in the game. That is the type of win I want to see. 
when you are good enough to overcome your mistakes, because everybody's going to make them, but if you can overcome them, that's the difference between being 500 and being in the playoffs. So let's build on this. Right. I think you covered it perfectly from an on-field standpoint, what they need to do, continue win ball games, continue the good vibes. I loved seeing, even though a couple of guys that had a little bit of adversity around them today in Hanser Alberto and Elvis Andrews afterward, they're interviewing Hanser Alberto on the NBC Sports Chicago postgame show. And who is it? Elvis Andrews behind him with the Gatorade jug gets them completely doused. I love the reaction. Looked like they were enjoying each other. And and uh, I was watching the post game and Ozzy and Chuck talked about exactly that. And Chuck brought it up and we know Chuck always brings his foam number one finger and pom poms to, to every right. post game. <laughs> but, you know, he did point out to Ozzy, like, when, when did we see that happen last year? I don't think we saw that. And Ozzy was like, if, you know, no, like, I don't remember that happening because they never had anything to celebrate. Right. So, um, so th- I completely agree. Very, very positive vibes going around. Right. Yeah. That, that's just want to see more of it. Continue to build on it. Cause guess what? Baseball is fun. It should be a fun game. And when you win, it's a lot more fun. So let's keep building on that. Take out these damn Twinkies on Tuesday until next time. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>